Hello, everyone, and welcome to Casual Experts Only. I'm your host, Mike, and today, instead of being joined by Luke, I am joined by my friend, Caleb. Hello, hello. And today, we're going to be given our, I guess, review and thoughts about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. But first, we're going to talk about a bunch of somewhat recent news over the last few weeks. So... First off, let's talk about that new Spider-Man Noir show being developed at Amazon. Any of you who have not heard about it, um, this is according to Variety, a Spider-Man Noir live-action series is in the works at Amazon. The untitled series will follow an older, grizzled superhero in the 1930s New York City. An individual with knowledge of the project says that the show will be set in its own universe, and the main character will not be Peter Parker. Oren... Uziel will serve as writer and executive producer on the Spider-Man show, and he developed it with producers Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who produced uh, Into the Spider-Verse, and I'm pretty sure they pr they're producing the new ones, too. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that could be really cool. I, I know when, when we talked about it, when the news first broke, we, we were both pretty excited about it. Yeah, I think uh, I'm pretty excited for it. It would be pretty cool if they could get Nicolas Cage to do it. I think he's probably like the perfect age. <laughs> that, yeah, honestly. For. And that, that guy has such range as an actor. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he really does. Like, I think he, he could really do a good job, too, with the kind of uh, noir, like, melodrama kind of, you know, mm -hmm. if, if they were going for that tone, you know, being a little bit exaggerated. My only, um, I guess, qualm or like worry about this is that the writer has pretty much only done comedies um like his last one was the romantic comedy the lost city um he he did write 22 jump street and he wrote um the mortal Kombat movie that came out a couple of years ago and the cloverfield pair paradox but apparently oh. he, he also worked on the scripts for John Wick 4 and the B Borderlands movie that's going to be coming out. Okay. So he's kind of got a mixed, yeah, a very mixed resume. I mean, just because he wrote a lot of comedy doesn't mean he's, you know, going to make this a comedy. Right, I, exactly. And, it and does, I feel like the studio is going to point him in the right direction and where to go. Right, well, yeah, and it says it, it'll follow an older grizzled superhero, so like... Yeah, I, I feel like it's got to have at least a pretty, you know, dark, uh, it's got to have a darker tone, I think. Um, the only thing is, I really hope Amazon gets um, more control of this than Sony. Because Sony kind of, I don't know, their movie universe has been kind of weird. Um, you know, the movies haven't been amazing. That's true, but I feel like since Amazon is producing it, it yeah. will at least look good. Yeah, and right. Sony might allow them to do a little bit more than they uh, would Marvel probably. Well, uh, right, but yeah, I mean, I mean, even with Marvel, like those Spider-Man movies have been better than all of the you know new <laughs> Spider-Man Sony movies. So that is true. That is true. It seems like when they team up with other studios, it seems like it goes better. So I I do have high hopes for this. There's they're also a, a, Amazon is also making a silk series um that that was announced like a while ago like probably like a year or so ago but she is in the comics i don't know if you know much about silk but she was bitten by the same spider that bit peter 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and she and her family kind of like just like hidden a b- bunker for years um, until I think until Peter found her. I think like his spider sense let, let him to her or something, but she's become like one of his um, trusted allies in the last few years. But I mean, if they do do that right, that could be an interesting show too, but I guess we'll see. But yeah, I like you said, since Amazon's producing it, it's probably going to be pretty good, at least production wise. Yeah, and I, I think Silk does have a lot of high promise because they're yeah. actually making a Spider-Man character movie that actually has Spider-Man-like powers. Right, yeah, exactly. Oh. It's, yeah, it's not just, yeah, yeah, like, all. it's not just another villain story. Mm-hmm. And they just make him into an anti-hero and redeem themselves. Somehow. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty much every single one. Um. Yeah, but staying in the same Spider-Man vein, uh, apparently, according to Kevin Feige, the Spider-Man 4 story uh, starring Tom Holland is already finished. Um, He said, I think that this was in an interview with Variety, um, He, Kevin Feige said, All I will say is that we have the story. We have big ideas for that, and our writers are just putting pen to paper now. So they have the story. Usually what happens is like they plan the story out, and then they write the actual script. So it seems like they have the general story already mapped out, and now they just have to r- r- write the script, and that can take you know anywhere from like several months to a year, depending on you know if things go smoothly or not. But there's been a lot of like rumors and reports saying that, that it's supposed to start filming, I think at like the end of this year or something. So mm-hmm. I guess we'll see how that goes. But it's definitely like confirmed that Spider-Man 4 is happening. So that is really exciting news to hear because yeah. I know that there was some speculation of him maybe uh, not returning as Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. I kind of thought yeah. he would at least for the Avengers movies, but at least he's I'm glad he's coming back for another sequel first. Yeah, and I really hope to see um, someone said that they'd like to see Johnny Storm become mm. Peter's roommate in I college. That, that and I feel like that cool. would be cool yeah. because if it came out before the Fantastic Four movie, mm-hmm. that would be like really cool to see maybe who is playing Johnny Storm and that's yeah. it. And then maybe find a way to like not find out who anyone else was until the Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, that Or they would just have cool. a small cameo or something. Yeah, that would be cool. Plus, I think... Like, since Spider-Man's been kind of isolated at Sony for so long, we haven't really seen him interact with, like, the friends he's had in the comics, like Daredevil and Johnny Storm. So it would be really cool to just see their friendship on screen. And, you know, I heard a bunch of rumors that Tom Holland still had an original uh, appearance on on his last contract, and Mm -hmm. I really hope to see that in daredevil born again dude same that'd be really cool if like daredevil born again kind of leads into the next spider-man and like yeah he daredevil shows up in that at least a little bit that'd be Mm -hmm. pretty cool but i guess we'll see but from what kevin feige's been saying he's been saying that daredevil and spider-man are the mcu's like street level heroes so it seems like this sequel is probably going to be like a more grounded spider-man you know kind of like the ps4 game and whatnot it's, it's yeah, going to be less, like, cosmic shit. And I think that makes perfect sense because, yeah. you know, Peter finally became, like, by himself and right. everything. And he's truly, like, a, a, a Spider-Man, like, no help from anybody or nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, it, plus, it, it's going to be cool to see 
hopefully some like street level villains that he hasn't you really fought yet on the big yeah. screen. I'd really like there to be like uh how like in some superhero movies like they have like a the villain they take down within like the first twenty minutes. Yeah. I think it'd be really cool if uh that was like Tombstone or Hammerhead. Yeah, that would be sick. That. Yeah, some crime boss. Possible. Yeah. But, but I really I really yeah. hope they do continue to do something with Scorpion. They teased him. Yeah, so long. I know. That kind of pisses me off to be honest, when they like that they tease that and they're just like they haven't done anything with it. Mm-hmm. And especially after watching Better Call Saul and knowing mm. what a great job that guy does as acting. Yeah. Uh, it just gets me more excited. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just like, you know, assumed he's been in prison this whole time. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But it'd be kind of cool to see. Yeah, just see like multiple villains, kind of like the Spider-Man game, you know, and then there's like one big bad. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Mr. Negative was the big bad, which it'd be really cool to see a live action Mr. Negative, honestly. Yeah, I agree. He was he's super cool. Mm-hmm. And we already know Feast exists because Aunt May was working there in No Way Home. Right, and that's exactly where like uh, Miles Morales comes from, and too, and mm-hmm. they kind of already acknowledged his existence in a little way with uh, Childish Gambino playing. Uh, right, his uncle. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that 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 could be cool. I'm. That's definitely one of the Marvel projects I'm most interested in. There hasn't. There's been like. There's maybe half of the next Marvel movies that I really care about, to be honest. You know. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, switching over more to like DC stuff. Um, this isn't like huge news, but it's been kind of circulating the internet and stuff. Um, apparently Brendan Fraser and Leslie Grace, who starred in Batgirl, kind of gave their thoughts and like talked about the movie that is, you know, now canceled. Um, Mm -hmm. and basically Leslie Grace was saying that she was able to see a, cut of the movie it was like very early in the editing so she really just got to see you know like the the raw footage for the most part and i mean she said it she she said it was incredible and that you know it, it definitely had the potential for a good film but you know it's like at the same you know it's like who's gonna like drag something that they put a lot of work into you know um yeah i mean you know i, I can't say for sure what this movie you know if this movie was going to be good or not I but I I do understand why it was canceled. You know, it it wasn't just like a well, screw everybody who worked on this. We just want you know a tax write off. Like that was definitely part of it, obviously, because the movie studio is a business, really. You know, when when it, when it comes down to it, but really, the movie got greenlit like by all the executives when they were like at the end of their tenure there at Warner Brothers and they only gave it like a 90 million dollar budget which you know sounds like a lot but for like a big you know superhero movie yeah, it's not much at all studio. yeah and cuz it was originally just supposed to be an HBO Max original movie so they didn't really care about the quality they just wanted to like green light shit mm-hmm. um but because of covid and reshoots and all that stuff it ended up ballooning into like a you know 100 I, I can't remember how much I, I think i heard it was like over 200 uh 200 mi- million yeah Oh wow! Um, so and that was before they even like, um, completely finished it. And like, if if they wanted to like ramp it up and make it, you know, theater quality, they would have had to spend even more on it. So it was like right. honestly just kind of cheaper to cut their losses and cancel it and get a tax write off, than yeah. you know to make it, you know, as good as they wanted to. And like Peter Safran, 
who is the co-CEO of DC Studios, said that, you know, the movie would have <laughs> basically would have damaged Warner Brothers and everybody who worked on it, which I don't think he, you know, he didn't mean that it was the fault of the people who worked on it. It was more just, you know, they kind of got screwed with the budget. Um, yeah. So, but Br Brendan Fraser did say that Glasgow, which was where they filmed, uh, you know, to be Gotham City, he said that, like, um, yeah, he said Gotham never looked better cast as Glasgow, Scotland. Um, it's decaying and just gorgeous, and it looks like it's Gotham City. It's perfectly cast. So that kind of would have been cool to see because, like, Glasgow is probably pretty, um, what's the word? I'm, I'm trying to, pretty gothic, you know? Kind of yeah. like what, what we got in the Batman, but maybe even more so. So it, it would have been cool to see, even just to see that. But at the same time, the movie was also part of this weird timeline they were trying to make where, like, Michael Keaton takes over as Batman in the main universe. And it, it would have oh, yeah, been confusing as hell and kind of stupid. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't really have a whole lot of hype for that movie. Yeah. And I didn't really agree with the Brennan Fraser uh, Firefly casting. No. No, I, I do like him as an actor, yeah. but I just... Uh, that one, I just couldn't get behind it. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like they were going a different route than, like, the comics with him. Like, they were trying to make him, according to Brendan Fraser, they were trying to make him um, kind of sympathetic in a way. So I'm not sure exactly what that means, but... A, a villain that isn't, uh, I feel like, pure evil, you know, where they kind of... They right. First. Yeah, no, no, I mean, I just meant, like, specifics, you know, like... Oh, okay, okay. What, what his actual, you know situation was that drove him to being but in the comics like garfield Linz was just a crazy pyromaniac oh, you know yeah, no, he, was, he was a psycho yeah so they were definitely changing stuff which i mean it could have been good I, I you know i can't say for sure obviously but i've heard like mixed reviews some people said it was good and some people said it looked like a tv pilot you know <laughs> yeah so, definitely not i definitely wouldn't really want to see a movie you know a bad girl movie that would look like a tv pilot if you know but I don't know. But anyway, um, I don't know if you've been hearing about this stuff, but there's like there's been this Hades hashtags kind of trending called like sell the Snyderverse to Netflix, um, which makes no freaking sense. But uh, people have been pushing it and it just like it, it just doesn't make any sense monetarily. Because like think because, you know, it's not like the Snyder. It's not like Zack Snyder's movies were. A bunch of obscure characters they, they were like the main ones like superman batman wonder woman aquaman the flash you know like yeah they're the people were trying to make these stipulations like well technically his versions of the characters are different and set apart and they could just sell his versions and like what it still it still doesn't make sense but further than that it seems like um it seems like Netflix wasn't even interested or, you know, like it, it, it's, it's purely a fan thing, you know, apparently James Gunn addressed it on Twitter recently. Um, I think this was too, yeah, J James Gunn did tweet something and somebody re replied with the hashtag sell the Snyderverse to Netflix and James Gunn replied, I have to say, this has got to be the wackiest hashtag ever since one Netflix hasn't expressed any such interest, although we've discussed other stuff. 
And two, Zach hasn't expressed any interest and seems to be happy doing what he's doing. And yes, we two, we two have talked. And then somebody asked, what, what y'all talk about? And then he said he contacted me to express his support about my choices. He's a great guy. Again, he seems really happy with the massive world building he's doing now. That's another logistic thing that wouldn't make any sense is that, you know, yeah. Zack Snyder is doing a bunch of shit at Netflix already. Like he's already mm-hmm. got, you know, a lot. He's already got like a contract that goes until I think this year, but I think I heard he re-signed, you know, and he's currently working on like a big two-part sci-fi movie and he still has some like zombie movies to make and everything so he's he's doing his own stuff and doesn't seem you know interested in returning to movies or anything you know to dc stuff yeah so it's very much like just this i don't know this weird fan thing it just has been it's 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 probably one of the most like ridiculous ones that i've seen lately but yeah. Yeah. I. Oh man, that that that's awful. <laughs> if that happened, I'd probably puke. I can't even lie. It just. And you know, I'm I'm really not the biggest Zack Snyder fan in general, and I think that's just another reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you you know I am, but but even I'm just like, well, that's freaking stupid. <laughs> like right, I exactly. I I can't hawk like like the whole like release a Snyder cut thing that actually had some merit to it because there actually was a you know, and an and actual movie that got totally changed. This is yeah. just like out of left field. Like what? Uh, yeah. But yeah, but some other news from good old Mr. Gunn. Apparently he said that um, Superman legacy basically got greenlit before Henry Cavill even made that announcement saying he was coming back. Yeah, I did see that, and that yeah. that surprised me a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, I really wonder if they would have maybe gotten like an actor a little bit younger for that, or if like Gunn kept the same story that was already greenlit or something like that. So that would have been really interesting to see. So I have a so first off, J- James Gunn he replied to the, this tweet with somebody a- a- asking if oh, okay, so apparently. Um, James Gunn said the D- DCU's first chapter is being fast tracked, and somebody replied to a, t- a tweet saying, "So Creature Commandos is in pr- production or not?" And then he said it is in production, but this this is all on James Gunn's Instagram story. He also wrote underneath that post that not that fast tracked really, since this and Superman Legacy were both in development before we took over as DCU Studios chiefs. So b- b- before Gunn and Saffron were even hired at, to be DC Studios chiefs, um, Superman L- Legacy was greenlit. And he followed up that tweet saying that he was hired to write Superman Legacy over six months ago. Um, oh. So, and that was just yet yesterday that he tweeted this. Um, so my, uh, so Taylor Murphy... Uh, over at the Cultured Nerd, who um, whose network we are a part of, he talked about some stuff. He has some like he's he's not a scooper, but he has a lot of insight, like f- friends that are insiders and like mm-hmm. work at the studios and stuff. And from what he was saying, he was saying that David Zaslav, who is the new CEO of Warner Brothers, he commissioned multiple Superman pitches. And was considering bringing back Cavill 
if Black Adam proved successful, which it didn't really. It didn't really do very well in the box office. I think it made like less than four hundred million worldwide. Um, yeah. And Henry Cavill never actually signed a new contract. And his return announcement was meant to bolster ticket sales um, to Black Adam, which still failed. And it's it's, it's not really clear, like, because Henry Cavill said that the studio told him to make the announcement, whereas I've heard other reports that his uh, management said to. So um, apparently there was also a script pitch for Man of Steel 2 with Brainiac that was rejected by the studio. Um, oh, yeah. Stuff like that. So it seems like they were greenlighting multiple things, like... And apparently, David Zaslav kept using the word multiverse to justify greenlighting multiple products with multiple projects with the same character. Um, so it seems like they were kind of like, you know, making plans and on a wait and see basis, you know, like, let's make Man of Steel 2, but let's also greenlight a reboot, a rebooted Superman with James Gunn writing, you know, and then, then since Black Adam didn't do well, um, they totally scrapped the Henry Cavill project. Um, and apparently like a lot of people were pitching projects for the future of DC. I'm assuming this is, you know, when the new Warner Brothers staff came on and some of them were the Garcias who rep Henry Cavill and Dwayne Johnson. And it was basically like if Black Adam was successful, the Garcias pitch to continue with like Henry Cavill, Superman and everything would have been accepted, but you know, it didn't work out. So it seems like Henry Cavill is kind of a weird like piece in this. And I don't know if he really fully knew the extent of it, but yeah, it's kind of messy. But at the same time, it kind of shows that like a lot of people have been like blaming James Gunn acting like he just came in and like on day one was just like, you know, fuck Henry Cavill, he's fired. And that's clearly not really the case. You know, it doesn't seem like it was this. It doesn't really seem like it was his decision, really. Um, he was brought on to make, to write Superman Legacy, and it was the studio's decision to, you know, kind of like act like Henry was back, definitely, but it was really tentative. So yeah, that's a uh, that's that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really a lot to unpack there. <laughs> yeah, for 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 real. Which I mean, of course, there's still gonna be a lot of people, you know, that might say like James Gunn was lying or stuff like that. But it, it, you know, it's like why that doesn't make you know. That. Yeah, it, it, it honestly just sounds really messy, mm-hmm. and I understand that people are huge fans of Henry Cavill's Superman and stuff, and yeah. uh, I, I'm a fan of his as well, but I just, that really just sounds too messy, and I don't think it would have worked well. I, I feel yeah. like Warner Bros. Um, at the time was trying to do too much too fast, trying yeah. to compete with what Marvel had going on at the time, which was like Endgame and Infinity War and setting up Thanos, and I just feel like, it just didn't work out too well, well. all this, I mean, are you talking about, like, their other DC movies, or are you talking about this situation? Because this situation was just, like, th- last year. So, like, basically, oh, when the new, okay. Okay. When the new DC, yeah, when the new Warner Brothers bosses came on, they basically, like, greenlit, you know, like, both both versions of Superman and was like kind of seeing you know if Black Adam would like work or not mm-hmm. and since it wasn't super well re- received critically plus it didn't make a whole lot of money they're just like yeah well you know I guess we're not moving forward with Henry Cavill which was his managers like it was pretty much Dwayne Johnson and the Garcias who <clears throat> rep 
Dwayne Johnson and for formerly repped Henry Cavill, they were they they had like some plan and they were kind of trying to take over DC in a way. You know, they were trying to like, you know, orchestrate things so that their projects would kind of get get greenlit, including you know like Henry Cavill continuing as Superman. Yeah, Dwayne was really pushing for a Black yeah. Adam or Superman movie and such. That yeah, that too, that too. They were kind of trying to set up a rivalry between them. Seemed like. Uh, at least to a certain extent. So, yeah, once Black Adam didn't do very well, they just totally abandoned all that stuff. And it seems like Henry Cavill's kind of got caught in the middle, um, which yeah. is like, very unfortunate. But it seems like he's, you know, he's working on a Warhammer, which he's really passionate about. So, good for him. Um, yeah. yeah, moving on to some, I guess, less weird and depressing stuff. Um, it seems like the Batman is rumored to start filming in November. Or sorry, the the Batman Part Two, which I don't know if that makes much sense, because I don't I I mean, I guess a script. I know earlier that earlier or sorry, late last year Matt Reeves was saying he was working on a script, but I just don't see them f- starting filming the, this year, especially since it's supposed to come out in twenty twenty five. I see them starting filming maybe spring next year. Um. I yeah, I'm not really sure, but this is according to Grace Randolph, who's very like hit or miss when it comes to these scoops. So no 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 idea if that's for sure or not, but there are some more confirmed r- reports that Robert Pattinson's Batman will appear in the Penguin series. Oh, yes, I did see that. That that got me more excited than I already was. Definitely. Yeah, cuz like yeah, I was already looking forward to it cuz Colin Farrell was awesome as Penguin. It's going to be cool to see his you know, rise to power and everything, but having Batman cameo in it is going to make it even cooler. And it's, I feel like, you know, it's going to, cause I think a lot of those shows that are kind of part of a universe, but don't really have the main heroes in it. You know, it just feels like kind of disconnected, even though it's part of the same universe. So having yeah, you, Batman actually in it, you feel like you're cool. missing something. Yeah, and exactly. Bat, I feel like Batman will probably show up to try and, um, imprison, penguin or something like that and penguin kind of is useful and gives them information on a lot of dirty people and i feel like that's why batman is going to mm. keep them around kind of yeah. like if past projects or uh that would make sense Gotham tv show mm-hmm. well i guess uh, jim gordon did that not right right yeah i think yeah i think that would make sense i feel like he's probably only, only going to be like in a glorified cameo you know yeah but it's it, it'll still be pretty cool. Um, and also, it, it'll be cool to see, you know, his Batman again before 2025. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Because, I mean, that that's the best Batman movie ever, without a doubt, yeah. in my opinion. And yeah. I'm still starstruck by how good that film was. Yeah, no, f- for real. Like, I keep um kind of going back to it, like going back to certain scenes and stuff or seeing other people's reaction to it. And I'm like... Yeah, it's I, I I just keep getting reminded how good it is, you know. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, it's freaking cool. But last bit of news, we're gonna be talking about some Flash rumors. So it could be some big spoilers here for the Flash movie. So you know, don't continue if you care. <laughs> uh, but apparently, like I don't know if you've heard of John Campia, but he's got like his own podcast and he's kind of a scooper. He's like he leaked a couple photos um of no way home before it came out of like all three spider-men as well as matt murdoch but um his scoops are kind of like hit or miss and i don't know 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of him, but apparently he has alluded that Grant Gustin is at the end of the Flash movie and that he will be taking over as the new Flash in the DCU, which I call bullshit, but th th this is the actual quote. So he said, I've, I've had a little bird tell me, and I'm sure this little bird is also telling a few other people, so you're probably going to see this pop up over the next day or two around some other places as well, that just a short version... God, Jesus, why not just, like have a complete s s sentence bro like geez just a short <laughs> version grant gustin who plays the flash in the television series the flash is going to be the new flash of the dc universe now not only do i does this not make any sense to me i'm really not a fan of that like if they're going to recast ezra miller i'd I mean, you know i if they were going to replace ezra miller i'd, I'd want them to, to like totally recast it i i wouldn't want grant gustin to play him in the movies I I honestly am somewhat of a fan of that. I, yeah. I, feel, I feel like you give Grant Gustin better writing, um, a better budget, and a mm -hmm. better uh, director and such. I feel like that could be pretty cool. There are some doubts in my mind where I feel like someone else could do better than Grant Gustin yeah. with all well, of that. So I, I really don't know. I, I mean, I guess we just got to wait and see. Well, I but think I really for me, for, for me, it's like, He's already been Flash for nine years on the TV yeah. show. I feel like he wouldn't want to sign on for, like, ten more years of movies. Also, he's a little old for, like, the rest of the cast that they're trying to find for, you know, the DCU. I mean, it could work. But also, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you that, like, you know, with a better writing, special effects, all that stuff, you know, he, he could be a lot better. But I also feel like... You know, we really haven't had a perfect Flash in my mind. Like, he's fine on on the TV show. He's good. And I like Ezra as well for the most part. But I feel like we haven't really gotten, like, a perfect Flash casting, you know? Yeah, um, I re I'd really like to see someone with blonde hair. Right, something lo like that. Like, if, if they're going to replace Ezra, I'd like them to just kind of reboot the Flash in the movies, you know? And it, plus having Grant Gustin as the new Flash, like, what, is, is it supposed to be the same Flash from the TV show? Or is he just, <laughs> like, another version? Like, I, I feel like the, you know, te technicalities of it would just be really confusing and weird. That being I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like another option that uh, DC and Warner Bros. have is maybe end the Flash on somewhat of a cliffhanger, mm -hmm. and then that way they see how the movie does, because if it doesn't do well... Yeah because of all the drama surrounding Ezra Miller, mm -hmm. they might think that's the reason why, and they might go ahead and recast him. Well, but that, if it does extremely well, then, you know, they might keep him. That's I what I've... That's, I've I, that's actually what I've heard. I've heard that the end of The Flash is supposed to, like, reboot a lot of stuff, reset a lot of stuff, but they're also just kind of keeping everything open to see how, mm -hmm. how well it does. Like, they haven't decided if Supergirl's going to be, you know, the, the same actress going forward or if Ezra's going to stay on. I, you know, it seems like they're going to wait to see how the Flash movie does before they make any big decisions like that. Um, but like that being said, with the whole Grant Gustin thing, it would be cool if he cameoed in the movie at some point. Yeah. Because Ezra Miller cameoed in the Flash show. Oh, yeah, that was crazy. To that watch. was pretty sick. Yeah, <laughs> I, that, that that yeah, that was pretty nuts. So it, it would be cool to see his Flash in it um, at some point. Um, but. There was also this rumor going around about the Flash that uh, Grace Randolph started this one too. Um, she said that uh, I she tweeted this 
I hear that it's going to be a former Batman who cameos at the end of The Flash and could potentially stick around as the new permanent DCU Batman. Um, Damien's dad, Bat- Batman is still solo. Um, but it's, and she said, I, I know who it is, but it would be uncool to reveal the whole thing. Now, she totally is speculating on the end could potentially stick around as the new permanent DCU Batman. Oh, yeah. Because everything I've heard is that it's George Clooney who mm-hmm. cameos like it's basically like I'm not sure if it's at the very end, like an end credit scene or if it's towards like the the, the final act or whatever. But apparently Flash is kind of like trying to get back to his universe and kind of like bounces around to a few different ones and one of them George Clooney is Batman and he like has a brief conversation with him um that's what I've heard but he's definitely not continuing forward <laughs> like the dude's 60 but also James Gunn totally debunked this somebody said on Twitter is it true you're casting George Clooney as the new main DCU Batman and James Gunn said absolutely not and then the guy said <laughs> does this mean we're we're still getting an actor who's already been Batman or are we getting a new actor altogether and James Gunn said new actor so that's good. I I did see that, and a, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of fan castings really want uh, Jensen Ackles. Yeah, uh, I I definitely be down for that. Honestly, he has a great jawline. Yes, I think he's definitely well, the age they're looking for. I mean, he 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 plays Batman, uh, his voice on the newer like DC a- animated movies. Yeah, exactly. And he really loves Batman. He's always 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 wanted to play Batman. So I would definitely be down with that choice if they're going for a, you know, actor that's a little younger than Affleck was, but not, you know, as young as the new Superman is going to be, you know. Um, if they're going for a younger Batman, I really don't know who to cast because I feel like Robert Pattinson, they've already kind of been there, done that, you know. E- even though he's in his mid-30s, he's been playing Batman as, like, you know, late 20s, early 30s, so. Right, and if Damian Wayne is going right. to be in the bowl. He's got to be at least in his mid-30s. Yeah, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, and that's why I also feel like we'll we'll see um, a Nightwing, and maybe uh, Red Robin, maybe even Red Hood in that movie too. You never know. Because... Yeah, I definitely feel like they're going to at least set up the Bat family, so we're at least going to hear them mentioned, if not shown. I would at least like to see Nightwing, um, and maybe yeah, have the other. I feel like it would work best if they show Nightwing and maybe Batgirl, and. I don't know how they would do Tim, though, unless Tim is, like, kind of in the, in the picture, too, but that would get kind of messy. But I feel like Jason should be dead, and, like, he could come back as Red Hood in a future movie or story or something. Yeah, I agree, yeah. That would be kind of cool. But anyway, the Flash, the Flash trailer, the Super Bowl, uh, the, the, this dropped at the Super Bowl last weekend. Well, I guess not not this past weekend, but the weekend before. And there was a TV spot that you did see. I think we all saw that. But you, you you, have not seen the full Flash trailer yet, have you? No, I have not. All right. Well, we're going to watch that right now. And then we're going to talk about it and get your fresh, I guess, take on it. A few minutes later. Wow. Ah, man. They made Michael Keaton look so cool as Batman. I did not expect that. Dude. Yeah, I know. It's. <laughs> I was very... Yeah, I had very... Um. I, I wasn't sure what my expectations were. Like, I I was hoping he would look cool, but also we've never really seen him up, you know, with updated action. You know, the action, like, you know, like it's, it's not terrible. It's just so dated, you know, the right. old action, you know, it's from the 80s and early 90s, you know, like, and he was in a very stiff suit and could barely move, you know. 
So I was wondering like how well his version would translate, but yeah, they did such a good job. Like not only updating the suit, but just updating, you know, his, his action and everything to modern day. It's going to be really cool. I think seeing him, I feel like he's, he's got to have like an enhanced suit or something. Cause he's like supposed to be, you know, he's like 70, you know, <laughs> Like, yeah. there's no way he's going to be moving like that, moving like Batman at 70, you know, without any sort of assistance, I guess. I'm assuming there's, there's going to be some stuff in the suit that's, you know. But, yeah, overall, like, that movie, it, it just looks freaking epic. Like, it is like the the scale is kind like, I expect it to be big, but it's big, it's kind of bigger than I expected. Like, the end battle seems like it's going to be insane. Like, there's going to be two Flashes, at least one Batman, Supergirl all versus like Zod and like his army looks like. Plus I know there's going to be a dark flash in there at some point. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't notice how, um, when that, that shot where they go heel to heel there, I didn't notice the other suit was black. Um, it's, it's, it's red and black. Cause. Okay. So the, the, like the story that I know so far from like rumors, plus people who like, you know, insiders who know stuff, by the way, major, you know, some potential spoilers for the Flash and everything. But from what I know, it's basically like he goes back in time to save his mom. It's, you know, it's it's very much a Flashpoint adaptation. And right. he not only gets to, like, changes the timeline, but he kind of gets displaced into the past, like 10 years in the past when Man of Steel, like those events happened. But he's changed stuff to the point where kal-el superman is like dead or not there from what i heard he he died and supergirl comes to earth instead but and she kind of takes the place of flashpoint superman where instead of landing on the kent farm uh she lands in like the middle of a city and the government takes her and holds her prisoner and experiments on her um so that 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 happened to clark in the flashpoint um story so it seems like they they, they, they kind of sw- swapped out supergirl for him in that and also i've heard rumors that she's zod's daughter which i'm not sure how i feel about that i don't know but it's definitely like an alternate universe version of su- supergirl clearly but also with barry's meddling he's changed oh, oh yeah. ben affleck's batman to my, my, my michael keaton somehow yeah but he's he's also got his 10 years younger self there and i've i've heard stuff that like he needs to like give him powers too so there's like two flashes you know he he doesn't have his powers yet yeah that one scene where they're in the lab and mm. all the lightning's coming out of um yeah barry it looked like maybe they were trying to recreate the experiment that turned barry into the flash or something like that yeah i mean i'm kind of wondering if they're going to go like the flashpoint route where like main timeline barry doesn't have powers either and they're both like they both have to go through through it again to regain their powers. And I'm kind of curious, like what exactly is going on with his lightning? Because it's kind of a small detail, but so far he's had blue lightning, mm-hmm. and in this he has yellow lightning. But it also seems like Young Barry still has blue lightning. So I'm wondering if like they they, they like they've got to explain why he has yellow lightning, you know, and his younger self has blue. Uh, I'm kind of wondering if it isn't because he goes through, you know, getting his powers a second time and that kind of like supercharges him. I am very curious though. Like it just, yeah, it looks pretty sick. Honestly, I'm definitely looking forward yeah, to this. That trailer definitely uh, blew me away. Yes. It looks way more interesting than I thought. It looks way better yeah. than I thought. And oh man. Yeah. I, I was, was... I'm not the biggest fan, 
of Man of Steel or Zod, mm-hmm. but I think it's cool that he's coming back and I yeah. mean, he's, he 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 to give a great performance. It seems like he's coming back for more scenes than I expected. I kind of expected him to just sort of like I I I almost like I almost kind of expected them to just kind of have a lot of stock footage and him return for like one or two scenes, but it seems like he's like returning for quite a few scenes for the last act, um, which is kind of cool. And yeah, I mean, you could tell he's way older in that one shot when he's in the ship. Right. Yeah, so I guess we'll see. I mean, yeah, I, I was cautiously optimistic about this movie before the trailer, but a- after the trailer, I'm like, yeah, this looks cool as hell. So definitely looking forward to that. This could be like, I'm hoping it's a big success for DC. I mean, already it's got a bunch of views on YouTube. It was it apparently had the highest engagement of like all the Super Bowl commercials and TV spots and stuff. So I guess we'll see how it performs but i think depending on how it performs and how a lot of stuff in it is received it could definitely shape a lot of what we see going forward with dc how do you feel about the flash suit man i'd have to i'd have to go back and pause it to get Mm -hmm. a better opinion but i I really like how the boots look yeah but the uh whole upper body and mask is where i'm like eh. it it, kind of reminds me of uh injustice 2 Mm, okay. Video game suit. It kind of yeah. reminds me of that with no armor, okay. and it kind of it it, it kind of just looks like one of those morph suits you get from Walmart for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to to me, it reminds me more of like the new Fifty Two suit that was like kind of armor. I I think a lot of that it's also because when he uses his powers, like the red or sorry, not red, yellow lines like kind of appear in in the suit, like it's you know ch- charging it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think it looks a lot better than it did because like the Comic-Con um, teaser and like a lot of the promo I- images like his helmet looked really big and kind of like goofy. It looks like they definitely fixed stuff and touched stuff up um, with with special effects or they just, you know, gave us better angles, I guess. Um, but I, I guess we'll, I mean, for me, I think when he's in action, he looks fine. Like he looks cool. I guess we'll see. I mean, I don't think it's perfect. That's for sure. Like there are textures on it. I wish they had changed, but I don't know. For me, I kind of prefer when Flash's suit looks like it's going to be like it's very form fitting, but not in a, I don't know, not like in a morph suit way, but I feel like all of the like CW suits have just looked kind of like cosplay. I mean, even the newer one, I feel like the material they use just makes it look like pajamas. Oh, yeah, without like, a doubt. It, it's kind of hard to make a flash suit, you know, with cloth because of, like, how form-fitting it looks in the comics. Which I guess is kind of the thing with all superhero costumes. Tr- trailer looks cool as hell. Let's though, let's jump to the main event. Let's actually get into freaking Quantum Mania. So I guess just give me your one-sentence thought about it, then we'll jump into, like, the pros and the cons and then some other spoilery stuff, so. I walked out enjoying the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it on a Friday, so the day after a lot of people saw it on some midnight showings. Oh, yeah. And I heard a lot of negative things about it yeah. and some things people were complaining about, and I agreed with some of them. I disagreed with uh, most of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think all around it, it was good. I liked the character development for Scott. Mm-hmm. I liked the character development they did for Janet. Yeah, and definitely. I think um, 
his daughter in the MCU could be pretty cool. Okay, yeah. No, I mean, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, like, of course, it's not a perfect movie, but, you know, it's, it's, a, right. it's, a, it's a goddamn Ant-Man movie, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I went in expecting an Ant-Man movie with Kang, and I walked out thinking, like, yeah, that was an Ant-Man movie with Kang, you know? Yep. Like, I, I'm, I'm really not sure all the hate this movie's getting. Like, people are saying it's boring and stuff, and it's like, what? And, like, people are mad that, like, it's goofy. I'm like, it's a freaking Ant-Man movie. And people, are, like, I saw people complaining that, um, yeah, that it's, like, a Star Wars parody. I'm like, what? Like, not everything sci-fi is freaking Star Wars. Like, exactly. Like, the only similarity I even saw mm-hmm. had nothing to do with the story. But yeah. It was just the fact that they went to, like, that little cantina bar area. Right. Where Bill Murray's character came in. And even I'm that like, was wow, like very... that's it. Right, yeah, that's it. Nothing else really struck me as Star Wars, you know, um, besides, oh, it's, it's sci-fi. And, and and it's not even in space. It's in, like, the freaking quantum realm, which is... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just, like, I feel like, you know, a lot of people just comparing it to Star Wars just don't have any other, like, frame of reference for sci-fi or something, or Star Wars is the first thing that pops in their head. But I definitely wasn't thinking Star Wars, really, um, watching it, but... Yeah, so I guess let's talk about the the stuff we liked and then get into stuff we didn't like. But um, for for me, I I thought I I I enjoy the humor for the most part. I didn't feel like it was overplayed, um, like a lot of Marvel movies. I, I like I felt very consistent with the other Ant Man movies. Um, yeah, I don't think you know the like. I it's not like every joke was amazing, but I didn't feel like. I, what I really appreciated is they, they they didn't ruin Kang with oh, like yeah, without, I feel like that no. they did I feel like they did a really good job at balancing like the humorous Ant Man tone with like Kang and like what he's doing. They definitely didn't like try and make a joke out of Kang, which was good. That, that was my only like concern about Kang in this movie. Yeah, um, I'm extremely happy the route they went. Mm-hmm. with Kang um i th- he he was pretty mundane in the first two acts but you yeah. saw how serious yes. and violent he could become yes. and then I, I i really loved how they kind of sort of um unleashed him in the third yes. act uh, spo- spoilers ahead yeah. but in the third act when he, when he comes out and he just starts oh, murking everybody dude. yeah I, I was i was saying the same thing i was like yeah he, Caleb's going to like this yeah i was enjoying the hell out of that yeah i felt like as I, I was getting a little worried about halfway through because a lot of the Kang scenes that we saw in the trailer, they were showing in flashbacks when him and Janet were hanging out. So yes. I'm, I was kind of thinking like, well, how much of Kang are they really going to show in like present day or with him kicking ass? But they definitely showed a lot. Yeah. Like when you said like at the end when he just like showed up and like he just totally killed that one like robot dude or whatever. Oh yeah, dude, and he like siphoned the energy around him. Yeah, oh, that was right so cool. Yeah, that I, was so sick. I was very happy with how they portrayed his powers. Um, yes. The, yeah, the like the the interesting thing about his powers in the comics, you know, he has like kind of this kind of a grab bag, kind of like Iron Man does. You mm-hmm. know, like you could write them all down, but the, like they vary a lot, and they they all come from his suit. So I'm glad they showed you know all like the telekinesis, but also just the energy and. You know, like he can he can float around and stuff, and how him has a force field. 
Yeah, and something a lot of people were complaining about was Wasp not really being in it. Yes. And that is true. She did have what seemed like a little bit less uh, screen time. Mm-hmm. But she was a very vital, important part of the film. I was thinking the same thing. Like, I, I saw somebody in, like, some comment section somewhere say something about, like, Wasp only had three lines. Like, what? Not even, like... Yeah, no, like she she didn't have as big of a like she wasn't as much of a focus. Like I felt like the second movie focused a lot on her. Right. Exactly. I feel like this movie focused a lot on Scott and his daughter, but also Janet, her mom, which I didn't mind, especially considering like technically she's the wasp, too. When you really think about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, ex- exactly. She's the original wasp. So I, I, I definitely liked her like her getting more of because she really didn't get anything to do in Ant man Two. She just kind of showed up and was like, yeah, I was gone. And that's it. So it's kind of cool to see her be able to do stuff. And like, they definitely retconned, you know, like what she went through in the phantom or not the phantom zone, what the hell the quantum realm. Mm -hmm. But like, I think it worked because you know, there's the, they never really showed her, you know, they had, they they actually had like a reason why she never brought it up before and everything, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, like I said, she was important. Like when um, Scott was first trying to shrink down uh, the Korda mm-hmm. uh, Kang's time chair, uh, she saved him from that uh, probability storm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought like there were actually a lot of really cool scenes like when I I don't care that much about Wasp herself, but when mm-hmm. she and Scott team up, they're a super good team and it's fun to watch. Oh, yeah, their dynamic is amazing. Yeah, there was a few scenes in this movie. Like, honestly, uh, her and Scott were kind of apart most of the movie, to be honest. But mm-hmm. when they were together, they worked super well. And it was really cool. Like, that one scene like that you mentioned, I remember watching that and being like, yeah, that's cool. I love seeing them work together like that. And then that other team-up scene where the two of them and Cassie kind of teamed up to, like, triple-team Kang that was super oh, cool. Yes, that was awesome. The action was great. Yeah, and and when she came back to save Scott at, at, at the end, I was like, okay, yep, yeah, that's that's pretty dope too. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I enjoyed all those scenes, and I really liked that scene where um, it was kind of part of the team up where Scott like grew huge and just like grabbed <laughs> Kang oh, in his yes. fist and just slammed it. Like they they did a good job kind of showing you know Scott can at least like be a little bit of a threat to Kang which I thought was really important to do because otherwise it's just like Kang beats the shit out of Ant-Man for two hours, you know? Yeah. And um, another thing I disagreed with is a lot of people were saying uh, they wasted MODOK. I, I really I disagree with so. that one yeah. because I I kind of wish they didn't like redeem him at the end because he really, mm-hmm. in the comics, he really is pure evil. Yeah. But you can't do a live action MODOK without him just looking too goofy. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, it just I, doesn't I like that work, just and I'm happy it. with what they did. Yeah, I th- thought it was a good good blend of, like, you know, being, you know, a killing machine, but also just being ridiculous, because, like, he's literally a floating head with little arm. Like, he's supposed, like, he's supposed exactly. to be ridiculous, and I'm glad they leaned into that. But also, it's like, where all these Modoc fans come out of? Like, yeah, exactly. come from? They just, like, crawl out of the woodwork, and everybody's, like, acting like they're a Modoc expert all of a sudden, you know? Um, I I did see one decent point on Twitter, which is kind of a miracle, you know? But I, I did see a decent point. So, so, some, somebody was basically saying, um, sure, Modoc has always looked goofy, but he also looks like his very existence is painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying that he's just not gr- grotesque enough. 
Um, like, I think there's some merit to that, but I think it's also, like, one of those things where it's like, sure, some comics do that and some don't. Some comics, he just a goofy floating head, and some comics, they try to, like, ground it more and make him, like, you know, serious character, I guess, so... But I feel like more often than not, he's just a giant floating head. So, you know, like, I think they did a pretty good job, um, you know, kind of making fun of him, but actually have him sort of serve a purpose. Yeah, exactly. Um, how do you feel about him being Darren Cross? That was like, I already kind of knew that going into it from like leaks and rumors. But yeah. so I wasn't like surprised. But thinking about it, I, I'm I'm kind of on the fence about it. I mean, like you said, a lot of Modoc fans just kind of spawned out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and me, me personally, I didn't really know a whole lot about Modoc going into the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it just what worked best for what happened in the MCU. And I, I was completely fine with the character and what happened with him. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, the, the thing with Modoc if, is if you really want to do him well, you, you have to have AIM because he was created by AIM. Yeah, that's true. That that is true. And I, I didn't see this many people pissing and moaning <laughs> in twenty thirteen when they in Iron Man three when they just made AIM this like throwaway shell company for like <laughs> Aldrich Killian and haven't yeah. done a- anything with it. Like, where the heck are the beekeeper suits? You know. Um yep. So it's like okay, like I, I feel like people are just kind of being nitpicky, which I don't know. That seems to happen on the internet. Like one person says something, and then everybody else just hops on the bandwagon to feel smart you know but i mean not to say everybody who has like problems with this movie has like you know you know like their opinion has no merit or anything but i'm just saying like why all this like why is it this movie that all these mcu fanboys are deciding to to nitpick yeah exactly i don't get it i mean they were such big fans of the first two Mm ant-man and all of a sudden this just came out of nowhere I think a lot of people are just starting to ride a, a hate Marvel train for some reason. Yeah, I think so, yeah, too. Yeah, the, the, the quality ha- has come down a little bit. There's no doubt in that. Yeah. But, I mean... But it's not like every films... m- movie before this has been, like, spectacular, you know? Right, exactly. I mean, uh, movie studios, no matter what movie studio uh, there is, you're going to have some good movies and you're going to mm-hmm. have some bad movies. Yeah. They've been on, on somewhat of a slump, but... I mean, is everyone forgetting Spider-Man No Way Home? Right, I know. I mean, that was like one of the biggest Marvel movies ever. Exactly. Yeah. So, and like in Shang-Chi too, just just a few months before that, everybody loved that. Right, exactly. It it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And I'm pretty sure Loki came out that same year. So it's like. Right, exactly. (laughs) Even more like evidence like. Yeah. Loki was great. Where is all this hate like come from all all of a sudden? It's like, you know, in until a- end game, it was like the MCU was almost perfect. And then you know, like now it's just people are starting to see flaws. I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's not like the rest were flawless, but whatever. I digress. Um, right, exactly. But my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah. Was that uh, straight up fist fight between King yeah. and Ant Man at the end? That was cool because yeah, it felt like very down and dirty, which you don't get in a lot of uh, MCU right. movies. We, we and... haven't gotten that in such a long time, and it was so awesome. It got me hyped mm-hmm. for Creed three too. You know, oh, like yeah, right, exactly, yeah, no, yeah, and like they actually saw Scott like just get the shit kicked out of him, you know. Mm-hmm. Which I well, thought... not giving up at the same time, right? Funny. Exactly, yeah. It, it was very cool. I, yeah, I th- thought they really made. Scott, like the most heroic he's ever been. Yep, which I thought was pretty cool. 
Um, I yeah, I I, I really <laughs> I I liked the giant ants too. If I'm being honest with you, because the whole movie, I was kind of thinking like, I mean, they're in the quantum realm, so I guess there's not going to be any like really ant stuff, which is not like you know, it's not like ants are my favorite thing, but you right. know, a, a huge staple of Ant Man is the whole ants thing. Right, exactly, and when the ants came in at the end there, yeah, it, it felt very convenient. Yeah, but you know, like you just said, you can't have an Ant Man movie without ants, uh-huh. and that was the only ant scenes we really got. So, right, I, and, I was fine with it. And like they set it up earlier, you know, it's yeah, not, it's not mean, like it just dropped out of nowhere. Plus, I feel like it gave Hank something to do. Yep. You know, because he hasn't had like a whole lot to do besides be like a mentor role in these movies. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was kind of like I like I, I felt like it was the only way like there was any sort of chance that Kang would, you know, because you kind of needed an army to take on Kang. And yeah. he'd like defeated pretty much everybody else. I feel like you just need like a swarm of freaking ants, you know, <laughs> like a, exactly, you know, like, yeah, sure. That could be goofy, but it's like, yeah, it's Ant-Man. Like what? You know, like that—that's exactly what would freaking happen in the comics. You know, like freaking like if Amen went went against Kang in the comic comics one on one. You know, he would call like an army of freaking ants. Yeah, exactly. But and like I never thought I would ever see a bunch of ants just beating the shit out of like Kang. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 part was pretty funny. Yeah, and I was like, wow, that's that that's kind of gruesome. Like that—that's yeah. they made that seem really violent. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like 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 you you kind of talked about Modok and like you know how he kind of redeemed himself in the end. I kind of didn't care that he died. Um, oh yeah, same here. But in in like the whole Darren Cross thing, I, I could have gone either way. Like I think it made sense that he wasn't dead. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you know, like I, I am glad that that they explained it though. Like they actually showed him like you know that it only shrunk you know like his head like his limbs and like left his head and everything like I'm, I'm glad that they show that and explain that instead of just being like well this, this just kind of happened i guess you know <laughs> yeah um, exactly and you know i'm not like married to modok so like i don't really care that he died so much and i thought it was kind of funny where <laughs> he went like and i died an avenger you know oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, that was pretty funny but um kind of like last little thing it's sort of a little tangent but Oh, yeah. Well, besides Bill Murray, he just, you know, he was just Bill Murray. But, you know, it was it was great because he's him. You know? Oh, yep, Yeah, that was that was really cool to see. But I thought, yeah, and I thought some of the other characters were kind of like I, I didn't really care that they weren't fleshed out. But some of them felt kind of like convenient, like the telepath guy. But yeah, but I, I guess we'll talk more about that in the cons. But I kind of for some reason, I kind of liked that goop they had to drink to like trans to like you know uh, understand the languages and stuff like that, that was so it, it was goofy was so as hell goofy. but at the same time like i really liked the way they did that where like it was just a clamoring of weird alien voices and then yeah. like right as he drank it it turned into english i thought that that was kind of cool um but yeah i think i'm done with the pros if you want to move on to the more negative stuff Oh, yeah, it's fine with me. Okay, so I think Cassie took getting used to. Like, I thought she was a fine character, but she yeah, felt like a completely different character. Um, Like, she she felt like a brand new character because yeah. obviously she was a little girl in the first two, and then they, they, they did a whole time jump, and she was a different actress in Endgame. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of recast her because, you know, 
she's more famous to the new actor, <laughs> Catherine Newton or whatever. Um, yeah. But, like, they totally played her different. They, they, they just, I mean, to be fair, they didn't really tell us anything about what she's been doing the last five years in Endgame. But I do feel like they kind of just brought, you know, I I didn't get the impression she was, like, an activist. <laughs> and also, they just kind of, like, shoehorned in still, like, her having a re- relationship with Hank, like, calling him Grandpa Hank and stuff. Yeah, that, that, that seemed a little weird to me. I felt like they did a lot of stuff with her off screen to the point where it felt like I had, like, it was a brand new character. I had to almost develop a brand new, like, connection with her um, throughout right. the movie, you know? Because she's technically, I mean, I guess she's known him since she was a little girl, but uh, she was away from her dad just as long as he was away from uh, Hank. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was a little like felt a little bit forced or at least if, you know, it happened off screen, you know, it obviously happened off screen, but we didn't, you know, see any of it. Um, Some of her dialogue came off as um, bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like so, what? What specifically? Well, when when her first few lines when they were driving in the car, and it, it kind of felt like it was a little bit of her acting at some points, mm-hmm. and some of the dialogue just it yeah. just felt odd to me, and I wasn't okay. the biggest fan of it. Yeah, I felt like that one scene was weird where she was where they were all sitting around like the, the dinner table at Hang's house. And she yeah, was like reaming out her dad for like not doing anything important or something. And he's like, I saved the world. And she's like, yeah, but like in the last few months, you haven't done shit. And it was just <laughs> like, like, you needed to do anything more than that. Come like, on. Yeah, I know. Like, the, like, I feel like there was no real build up to that. It, it just kind of came out of left field. I guess like we were supposed to just assume that he had been like not doing anything for the last few months besides the book. Yeah. I'm like, okay. You know, like, that's kind of, like, not much different than what he did before. He mostly just, like, lived his life and then came came around when something big happened, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, I that was, that, that kind of came out of nowhere, that whole scene. I was like, well, what is going on here? And then, then they just sort of, like, moved on from it. <laughs> but, and I, I kind of feel like the whole thing with, um, like, I feel like a big theme of the movie was that Scott, you know, felt like he had missed a lot of time with Cassie, which he had. He missed, like, five years. But... Yeah. I feel like they just barely mentioned it at the beginning and then it became like a big theme that kept coming up, but I, I just kind of didn't feel it. You know, I kind of feel like they didn't flesh it out enough or something. Yeah. Um, and the trailer made it seem like, um, Kang was going to offer, uh, Ant-Man like that time back. Yeah. Which I thought he did maybe, but then he kind of like didn't. Cause I think we yeah, got what happened. Yeah. He like, um, they they ended up like keep, keeping Cassie pretty much, yeah. Um, you know, keeping her hostage. So, yeah, it was kind of. I felt that was a little bit, you know, not fleshed out, kind of underdeveloped. Um, I I kind of felt the same thing with Scott and Hope and like their their whole like romance and relationship. Like, obviously, yeah. we, we we know they're together because of the last few movies. But it was very glossed over. Like at the at the very beginning, they they like were sharing a beer together or something, and then the rest of the movie they're hardly together, and then they're like at, at the very end, you know, it, it just felt very much like I don't know. I just felt like a lot of it just kind of happened off screen or was assumed, I and mean, we 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 weren't really shown enough, you know, yeah. to really care. 
like at the at you know at the end you know they kiss and they're like i love you and everything which you 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 know it wasn't a surprise because we knew they were had a relationship but given that that was the first time of the whole movie they ever seemed much like a couple it was kind of a surprise yeah cuz like it cuz you know they were kind of away from each other in the movie a lot so there really yeah. wasn't any um scenes to, like develop mm-hmm. uh what we haven't seen yeah right exactly i i kind of wish there had been a few more scenes with them that like the, develop the relationship a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of last thing for me in the cons section was the ending and, and not like Scott dying. I, I really didn't care either way if he died or not. Like I know some people like wanted him to die almost, but I think it was fine that he didn't die. I mean, it's freaking Ant-Man. Like why would you just like kill him off? You know? Um, like, and like, I think it made sense that like Wasp came in and saved him and like they defeated him together. I think I I like that. I just kind of wish the movie had a somewhat of like a cliffhanger or something like when it's like for, for a second there, I thought that they were trapped in the quantum realm and I was like, Oh, this is, this is actually a pretty cool ending. Like they're trapped in the quantum realm and they're going to have to like find a way out somehow. But then they just sort of like randomly were like, Oh no. Yep. We can just open a new door. Like, Oh. Okay, you know, and then they just pulled them back like it like it was nothing. And then, yeah, I, yeah, I just was. And then and then like it ended with them at like a fake birthday dinner for Cassie or something. No, <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I have uh, three more cons. Just, yeah. You know, just little stuff. But yeah, yeah. like you said, they kind of just reopened the portal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that fist fight scene at the end kind of. It was. I feel like they could have just went through the portal and just closed it right away, but right. I, I guess I get um, Scott wanting to beat beat Kang. You know, make sure yeah. he can never become a threat again. Right. And I feel like Janet was. She was kind of lame in the movie, mm-hmm. and cause she, like I didn't really like how she was just. Um, I was away from my husband for so long. I have needs. Oh just, yeah, like, that I was, did not like that at all. That was kind of. I mean, I guess it to a certain extent it makes sense. It was like twenty or thirty years, but yeah, it was also a little weird. And she she kept saying she never told them about Kang because uh, she was protecting them. But wouldn't protecting them be warning them of that's you know, a good point the yeah. world ending threat that's in there? And she was okay with um, sending Scott into the subatomic level mm-hmm. to get the particles needed for Ghost at the end of Ant Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And I understand Kang couldn't necessarily track him there. Yeah. But she she's been out of it. Who knows what he could do now? Time is different. They say right. that all the time. He yeah. could have been so advanced where he could track him. And so that didn't really make sense to me. Um, yeah, that's fair. I didn't even think think about that. That's a good point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Kind of going back to the, like the ending real quick. I I kind of wished. Like once they actually got back and it was like wrapping up, I, I was really hoping there's going to be like an actual like tease to like the next Avengers movie or something, you know, like I was hoping there was there was going to be some because there was that one scene where Scott was doing the voiceover like in his head and he was like, wait, wait a minute. But he said if we stopped him, then there was, you know, like I, I thought that 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 was kind of like a bit of a tease. But I was kind of hoping for like something a little more like concrete, but yeah, something a bit more dramatic, maybe. But we are still like two years out from Kang Dynasty, so whatever. Right, and I, I heard a, I saw a fan theory where when 
<clears throat> Kang gets sucked into the multiverse. Mm-hmm. He uh that's how he becomes the Beyonder. Oh, that would be interesting. Because there's a lot of rumors already of the Beyonder being in uh Secret Wars or Kang Dynasty. I keep forgetting which one. Secret and... I mean it should be Secret Wars. You because that was how it was in the comics. Okay, right, and yeah, they they think that that Kang is going to become the Beyonder, which okay. is pretty interesting, but uh, I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know too I'd ra- much. I'd rather just have like an actual Beyonder character than him being a Kang variant, but... Yeah, I think I would too. So, do, do you think we're going to see, like, do you think that... Like, it seemed pretty clear to me that that is kind of like the main villain Kang that we see, you know, from the comics and everything. Mm-hmm. Um... Do you think we're going to see him again in Kang Dynasty? I mean, I feel like it it, it would be weird if he didn't show up again in, in the Kang Dynasty. Yeah, because now, like, I feel like, in a way, you kind of get sort of attached to that specific Kang, and well, you want to see more of him. Cause he, and I understand it's all about variants, but yeah, this but Kang he, in particular. He is Kang, though. Like, that, that that's the thing. He's, like, the main universe Kang for the most part, you know, if we're right, talking about exactly. the, the comics. So... Like, the other versions of Kang don't usually even use the name Kang anyway. So he is, like, kind of the only Kang, the Conqueror. Um, So I feel like we've got to see him again. Like, and they, it seems like they just sent him, for, like, deeper down into the Quantum Realm. So he's not yeah. dead. He's just kind of trapped again. But I feel like he's going to have to find his way out. Because I feel like you can't have a Kang movie. Like, you know, you, you can't set him up as, like, the next villain and not have actual Kang be in it, you know? Um, yeah but like 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 the end credit scene show they're definitely setting up like just infinite variants showing up which i wasn't yeah. sure how big they were going to go with kang dynasty but it seems like it seems like they're going to go pretty freaking big because i know we saw rama tut exactly kang, yep which yeah. was the first appearance in that kang went against the fantastic four mm-hmm. and then i'm pretty sure the one with the weird hat and the raspy voice was Immortus. Yeah, I was kind of wondering about that. Yeah, it could be Immortus, yeah. I'm not sure who, like, that cyborg one was supposed to be. Some people were saying he was Silver Centurion. Mm. Yeah, it could be. Well, yeah, I think he just called... Yeah, I- I'm not sure. That or, could... Was it Crimson in the comics? It was something, because Silver Centurion is one of our Iron Man's armors. I th- right, think it's right. just Centurion or something like that. Um, but yeah, that could be him, or it could be like knowing Marvel, it could just be an original variant, you know. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, then again, if they went to the trouble to bring in Rama Tut, you know, and then at in the second credit scene, we we saw Victor Timely, who is another main Kang variant, because there are really only like five main Kang variants in the comics. You know, there's obviously a bunch of them, but those are the ones that pop up and are like of most note. Um, yeah, Victor, I, I feel like in Loki season two, that um, Kang is going to be the one that we saw at the end of season one, Loki. Okay, the Victor. Yeah, that that would make the most sense, because if they're traveling back in time, they're going to be seeing, you know, him, that that yeah, version exactly. and presumably trying to stop him, which I suppose would make sense, because like technically the Kang from Ant-Man did, you know, conquer and destroy a bunch of other worlds across the multiverse mm-hmm. so it's possible he took over the tva but i feel like it would make a little more sense if it was a different variant but i guess we'll see when loki comes out but i do like yeah. how they're kind of sprinkling kang into everything 
Whereas I feel like with Thanos, he was kind of in a lot of stuff, but he felt like a background character for the entire MCU until Infinity War. Whereas Kang feels like he's very important to just the main overarching story of everything. You know, like they even have him as a main villain in a freaking Ant-Man movie, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> presumably the main villain in the next season of Loki. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to Loki kind of continuing Kang's story. What do you think? What do you think the Kang dynasty is going to be? Like, do you think it's going to be the Avengers versus all of the Kangs or like the Avengers versus Kang and the other Kangs are in it? Because like to me, I feel like it's going to be kind of Kang versus all the variants because like it seems like they want to bring something. Or, like, they want to... Like, he was acting like there was going to be this multiversal-ending event that these other Kangs are going to bring about, and he was trying to stop them. So I kind of feel like there's going to be a showdown between Kang and all the other variants, but at the same time, I feel like the Avengers are going to try and stop him, too. So, like, part of me wonders if there isn't going to be somewhat of a team-up between Kang and the Avengers and, you know, versus all his variants. And then they like have to stop him at the end or he or he, you know, kind of carries over to Secret Wars. Yeah, I I definitely think we're going to see a bunch of Kangs. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I feel like it's not going to be a bunch of Kangs, a bunch of the uh, uh, versus the Avengers. Mm -hmm. But the name Kang Dynasty yeah. kind of makes me think of um like people after this king and i feel mm. like maybe we could get iron lad or something maybe they could yeah. find a way to incorporate him into the story because i was thinking the same he's thing. actually one of the few good uh variants of kang i was totally thinking the same thing like since they're doing the thing with kang it'd be cool to see iron lad show up um mm. but i think it would be cool to see a lot of kangs in interacting and whatnot but i, I feel like the kang dynasty really has the the potential to be a very different avengers movie because i feel like it could be different than just a villain versus the avengers you know it, yeah. it could be like a bunch of different villains and they each have m different motivations and you know there could be like weird unexpected alliances and whatnot um pl plus kang is a descendant of reed richards so considering fantastic four comes out that same year I kind of hope they somehow work an angle in there where Reed Richards is kind of important, you know, because he's uh, an ancestor. I, I guess technically he's an or uh, yeah, I think technically Kang is a descendant of Reed Richards and Doctor Doom somehow. Yeah, because uh, Kang, uh, or maybe, well, I guess we don't know about this version of Kang, but for the most part, he comes from the 31st century. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I but I I am very it, it so, so far I've really enjoyed what they've done with Kang. I I I hope it continues th this way because I fe I feel like he could he has the potential to be an even cooler villain than Thanos, you know, if they do it right because he just is going to be getting so much development. Yeah, but yeah, uh, did you have anything else you want to say about this movie or Kang or anything? Um, not really. I think we pretty much covered it all. Nice. So I know when you got out of it, you said you would give it a seven. Is that still about what you would rate, rate this movie a seven out of 10? Yeah, I think I would. Okay. I think, I think I definitely have to watch it again, but I don't yeah, think I want to see it again. 
Yeah. But I'll definitely watch that when it comes on Disney Plus day one again. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like for a lot of movies, I kind of have to see it at least twice to fully get a, you know, informed opinion on it. Yeah. Um, I, I know I'm going to see it again in theaters because I have, you know, friends and family who haven't seen it. Um, right. But I think for me, and I think this is more just kind of because we're different people and have different rating systems. I feel like for me, I'd give it like a seven, but between a 7.2 and 7.5, like somewhere in that range. Um, but pretty similar to yours. So a good movie. Like it was definitely a good movie. There was, Oh yeah. De- there, like it's definitely not like what, like freaking 54 on Rotten Tomatoes. Let me look that up real quick. Yeah. that That's utterly ridiculous to me. And it doesn't deserve the hate it's getting. Yeah. There was things wrong with it, but nothing too major in my opinion. Yeah. But, I- I don't get like all this hate. Like people are actually calling it garbage. Like I, I, I really do not understand that. Like it was not that bad. There's, a lot of people were saying it was bottom five MCU movies, which is so ridiculous to me because there's no way it's on the same level as Thor: The Dark World or Captain Marvel. Yeah, or or that, for, that, or freaking Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, that too. Like, come on. Like I, I didn't see ne- I, nearly as much hate with Thor: Love and Thunder that this movie is getting. This is definitely better than that crap. Exactly. I mean, everyone's opinion is just going to change in, in, in three months anyways. Because yeah, true. Every movie since Shane King that came out, they, everyone was saying, this is a top five MC. And then a few months later, they're like, oh, well, a lot of people are saying it's bad now. So I guess I have to agree with that. Right. I feel like a lot of people are like in six months, they're going to be like, well, it wasn't that bad. I feel just like opinions change so much, you know. Um, yeah. So apparently, yeah. the critic score is forty, like a forty-six percent, forty-seven percent, which is stupid, and the audience score is eighty-four percent. So at least the, I don't know. At least it seems like the haters online are more like in the minority, you know. Besides the critics, I feel like a lot of people are just mm-hmm. kind of want to be critics, you know, and just kind of like. Uh, kind of agree with the critics like you know like i feel like there's some people who don't but some i feel like you know feel smart agreeing with the critics about stuff exactly and i feel like these are the type of people that only watch like cult classic movies and mc and superhero movies mm-hmm. and they just feel like they know everything and it's, yeah it's, it's ridiculous right it's like a, some crazy i feel like I feel like every movie be. now is expected to be like, you know, the Batman or Logan or the Dark Knight or something. Yeah. Which is kind of stupid, especially considering like there's plenty of like just fun little m- movies that get no hate at all. So, but anyway. Uh yeah, that is the episode everyone. Thanks so much for listening. We have new episodes coming out every other Monday. This one's going to come out a couple days late, but be sure to stay tuned every other week for a new episode. And uh, the weeks in between that, I upload a video version of the podcast to our YouTube channel. So check us out on YouTube at Casual Experts for those, but also for other comic and fandom-related content. And, yeah, thank you so much for joining me, Caleb. Yeah, no problem. It was a pleasure being on. Yeah, man. All right, that is that. Thanks again for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Peace.